Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week, guys, we have an amazing guest. Our guest this week was so amazing. He has such an incredible story to tell, and so I literally had to break it up into two parts. So this week, we're going to be listening to part one, and then next week, we're going to be listening to part two. Now, if you're wondering who our guest is, let me tell you. Her name is Kamir Baker. She has been a Christian for over 20 years. Her life journey has not been easy. She endured a traumatic childhood that included abuse from caregivers on all levels. And despite life's challenges, she attributes her success to the blessings and inner working of God. Kamir's love for God propelled her to deepen her understanding of the scriptures by pursuing a master's of theology from Regent University. During her studies, she gained a deeper level of intimacy with God and his word. She completed this degree program in 2016. Kamir Baker is the CEO and founder of J Intelligence Network. And in this network, she empowers women in their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. Her empowerment approach comes from lessons learned as she overcame trauma in her own life. Her passion is to provide a safe place for women to deepen their faith while receiving tools for emotional health. At J Intel, she believes that God has an amazing purpose for every woman's life, and her goal is to help women embrace this purpose and live out their destinies. What an amazing mission. So without further ado, here is our guest, Kamir Baker. Hello, Kamir. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me today. You are welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. And I am super excited to hear more about how you found God. So what I'm going to do is ask you my introductory question, which is, what was your childhood like? Well, my childhood was kind of tumultuous. I grew up in an environment where it wasn't always the safest place for me. Okay. And, and in that, as an adulthood, I had to learn how to migrate and figure out what's healthy. I get that. When you mentioned it wasn't the safest place, could you expound a little bit upon that if you're comfortable with doing that? Yeah, sure. I grew up with uh, an, a very abusive caregiver and their way of showing love was, I'm going to hit you all the time. Oh, and wow. so, yeah. And so as a kid, you know, that kind of messes with your brain because you think love means abuse and that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. No, that's true. Did anyone ever find out about it or any, did anyone try to help you? Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, as I got older, I wrote a story about it 
-hmm. And my teacher was like, that's quite mature for your age. I was, I think in the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And, and so she started asking questions and in her questions, that's when it started to come out and everyone got involved and people came to the house and, and all those different things, which at that time, I'm kind of going to speak on my age a little bit. You know, that's something that you don't do inside of, you know, the black community. Like right. I've always grew up with, what happens in the home stays in the home. You just right. deal with it. Not everything is perfect, but you just push through it. And, but for me, because of my creative side, I was writing, trying to get some form of release. And in that time, someone was smart enough to say, hey, something, something isn't right here. Yeah, I'm glad your teacher picked up on that because I know um, I am a scan presenter. So I work with the National Children's Advocacy Center and I'm also a counselor. And so you're right. It's like some things kids say, like when I go to a school and I'm talking to kids, certain questions mm -hmm. they ask that they're too detailed or whatever, you're like, oh, okay. There may be a problem here. We may need to watch out and find out more information. So the fact that your teacher was able to pick up on that, I think that's an amazing thing to have happened. Yeah. And she was actually the first person that started to introduce me to God from a perspective where I could digest it. When yeah. we were younger, my mom put us in church, but it was a very charismatic environment and so charismatic that it scared you as a child. Yeah. And so there wasn't any connection. And the mindset was, let me get away from this experience. Mm -hmm. And so she presented God in a way where he's with me and giving me the excitement to learn more about him. That's Which awesome. was actually, she wasn't supposed to do because she's a teacher. You're not supposed <laughs> to <laughs> deal with religion. But because she saw and understood my experiences she was like you need more than what you're experiencing and so I, I would like to introduce you to something more for yourself that is awesome so you mentioned that the church you were going to it was kind of charismatic and it scared you I find that interesting exactly what scared you about that church that made you feel like I gotta get away from here like, what was it um I, I don't know about your experiences but from and I don't, I don't want to generalize it either, but when I say charismatic, I'm talking about the preachers preaching and people getting up, jumping down the aisle, okay. screaming, all those type of things. And the phrase at the time was catching the Holy Ghost. And I was yeah. like, well, if you call him, you scare me. So can you tell him to let you go? Because I don't want to be caught like that. And, and so, so as a kid trying to process, how does that behavior really bring me closer to God, but it being taught that that's how you get closer to God, right. and, but I'm, I'm not jumping up, running down the aisles. So that kind of, that left me really confused in terms of how do I approach him? Like, can I approach him in a calm manner? Can I approach him, you know, when things are not going right or even when things are going well, is yeah. he someone there all the time that's a friend that I can confide in? And unfortunately, as a kid with that example, I didn't, I didn't understand that. I didn't see that aspect of God's character. And so when she came along, she brought more of, oh, he's a comforter. Oh, he's with you. He's a friend. He loves you. And, and that, that began that journey for me to want to seek him 
and on a different level than what that initial experience was. But I was quite fortunate because not everyone in my family had the same experience where someone came in and brought them more of his character. Yeah, I find it interesting, but I know what you're talking about because I know I grew up in a church that's like the opposite. It's like no one wanted to play drums. You can't listen to good music. I mean, yeah. it was like one of those strict kind of religions. So I had the opposite, but I do remember as I got older, and, you know, I would visit my friend's church every now and then because I like to sing and they would invite me to sing. I have been in those churches before. Oh, yeah, I was older, so it didn't really scare me. I just found it amusing. Like, oh, wow, this is interesting. It was more <laughs> funny to me and amusing than scary. But mind you, I was way older. I was like a teenager at that sure. time driving. So, of course, to me, it's funny and amusing. But if I was a sure. child, like, I probably would have been terrified out of my mind. Yeah, because you have someone sitting happened. next to you. Yeah, you have someone sitting next to you who just out of the blue just jump up. Yeah, and I've had that too. Oh, yeah, I was older. I was like, what? Okay. So, yeah, I would have been terrified as a kid. So, I totally get that. But it's amazing how you said your teacher made it more personal to you. So, do you have yeah. an idea what was it that she saw in you? Because I know you said she saw something and she was like, well, she probably needs more. Like, did you write, did, how did you convey that to her? Or was it just something she picked up on? I, it was something that she picked up on. I, I believe at this particular point, this is where God is intervening. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's intervening because he didn't want me to stay stuck in those experiences. And so he was slowly pulling back the curtain, slowly showing me more of his true character. But I, I wouldn't fully understand until I got older, of course, because I'm still, I'm in middle school. I'm in sixth grade. Yeah, like 12, 13. <laughs> so yeah. you're really young still. Yeah, I just knew that there was something better than my current experience. Okay. So with that knowledge, how did that help you as you went on to adolescence and high school? So in adolescence and high school, I ended up becoming, because I started reading the Bible and I'm one of those nerds, like I'm a learner. So the, the more I learn, the more I tell other people too. But then when I tell other people, I got to let them know that I'm smarter at it. <laughs> I get that. Right. And so in adolescence in high school, because I was so read from a Bible standpoint, I was the one that they were like, oh, stay away, because you know she's going to bring up something. She got something to say. And even to this day, I know my high school friends, they're like, yeah, I knew you were going to do something with God because <laughs> you talked about him. <laughs> so, so I knew it was coming. It, I, you know, I just had to look at you a couple of times. That's all I could do. But but yeah, but God, he, in that, that time, it wasn't so much a connection with him, more so knowledge. Okay. Because I, I went the route of, again, being intellectual because the Bible is so vast. And, and I'm like, I wanted to be able to show people all of the things that I was able to comprehend and, and show them in return. But I will say, even though I had all that knowledge, my life didn't match up to what I was reading. And I couldn't understand why I remained powerless to my experiences. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until after high school where God started to pull that away a little bit more and make it a little bit more clear to me. Okay. I like the part where you say it's more knowledge-based. And I think that's pretty much how everyone starts because that's what we're taught, you know, 
It's like if you ask anyone, they're like, well, read your Bible, get to read this, read that. And so you read it and you just get a lot of knowledge. I know when I was a kid, they used to have like things in my church called Bible sword drill where you had to quickly find scriptures in the Bible or they would give you prizes for Bible quizzes. So I knew a lot of stuff and I was at a point like you. So I guess this resonates. You know, if a pastor says something, I knew that wasn't right. I just stopped listening. Like, oh, well, he don't know what he's talking about. You know, like that little bratty, annoying kid. Like not listening to people like, oh, they don't know what they talk about because they said this wrong. It wasn't wasn't Moses. It was David. You know, it was that person. So I get how it was knowledge-based and everything because that's how it was with me. And like you said, when it's knowledge-based, you know a whole bunch of stuff, but your life Mm -hmm. doesn't really reflect it because it's not a relationship. You don't know who you're talking about. So you know about God, but you don't know who he is at that moment. Right. So I totally yeah. resonate with that part of your story. Yeah. yeah. And even your, your statement of not knowing, but even from an intimate level, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I know of him, right. but what does that really mean for me as an individual? And how do I live my life? Because I know him mm-hmm. and, and, and it took, outside of college to get to that point where he was still wooing me and helping me to see a bigger picture of his character and and what he wanted for my life okay but you mentioned it twice so I want to know tell me what happened after college because I find that intriguing how it wasn't until after college but the fact that you stayed with God during high school and talked about him it says a lot because a lot of us, you know, during high school and early college years, that's not what we were trying to do. So tell me a little bit more about after college and what gave you your view of God at that point. Yeah. And so I did miss a step, which was okay. at uh, 19, my freshman year in college, I ended up meeting another individual who opened up the Bible to me even more. Okay. And at that time, it was a challenge for me because I went into the Bible study expecting to teach them because I was like, I'm so well versed, right? But what they taught me was what it meant to have a relationship with God. Wow. And, but the caveat with that is, and that's why I talk about after college is that even though the scriptures were shown to me in a, in a clearer way where I could connect more at the time, the fellowship that I was part of was more about do, 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 do. And so I ended up getting wrapped up in that whole mindset. I have to do, I have to work my salvation, even though I had more scriptures that showed me more of God's character. But the missing aspect of that was the Holy Spirit. And in that Holy Spirit, how much more I'm able to connect with him. Yeah. So then after college, that's when God was like, okay, let's deal with this Holy Spirit. Let's work with what does it mean to have me inside of you? And how does that, what does that look like in terms of connecting to me even more? Yeah, no, I understand. Because I grew up in a church also where it was like work. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, so God did all this stuff for us, but we still have to prove to him that we are worthy yeah. of it. So you have to work and work and do that. And I know I went, I believe that for like a long time. And then when God started to show me like, no, it's not about work. You know, it was almost unbelievable. Like it can't be that easy. Like how, yeah. like, how is this even yeah. possible that it's this easy? And I don't have to do all this stuff as far as what regular tradition is. I mean, even when it came to time, like I struggled with that for a long time. I'm just like, well, first I wasn't paying it. 
But then it was just hard for me to think that it's not a requirement. You don't need to do that because that's not what's keeping you from not being broke. You know, I grew up in a house where even if that was the last thing, if you couldn't pay your light bill, you couldn't pay your rent, you paid tithe, and you're like, well, God right. will work it out. And sometimes he did come through, but then there were times where we didn't have lights. And I, then I would get upset, like, well, if God knows we gave him our last bit for lights, like, can't you have kept them on? Like, what is the issue? But it wasn't until I got older, I was like, well, I think we all have that wrong. I tell people even today, I'm like, tithe is not going to keep you from being broke. I was like, because most of the people who give a lot of tithe, and this is statistics, most of the people who give a lot of tithe are people who don't make a lot of money, are people who really don't know how to budget, don't know how to do whatever. So, of course, it's going to seem like you're always broke because you're not giving tithe, but it's not that. It's because we don't know how to handle the money or the finances, or we're not making enough to actually do it. And I realized that if you are in a church and if you want to help, I just think that you should help the church if you want to do that. But I don't think it be, should be something where you are, you know, you're scared every single week. Trying to have the church I went to every week, they were like, you're cursed with a curse. You've robbed me, even this whole nation. You know, and I'm just like, you shouldn't do that to people. You shouldn't scare them to give. Like, if you have it yeah. and you can, by all means, if that's what you want to do, give. But you shouldn't scare people week after week after week thinking they have to give and give a lot sacrificial giving because I'm like sacrificial giving for everybody's different for one person oh maybe I won't get Starbucks this week for another person it's like this is my house payment <laughs> you know so sure. it's just sure. so different so yeah it's one of those things where I struggled and then I realized okay so you know tithe is not a determining factor of whether I go to hell or not this is not a determining right. factor of whether I go to hell or not once I figured it out I was like oh okay <laughs> but it took me a while because all of those things have been ingrained in me since sure. I was a child. So when that sure. happened, it's kind of hard to break away. So I can see why you had some difficulties when it came to after you learned everything and then you were in a church where everything was more work-based and legalistic. Mm -hmm. So how it was hard yeah. for you to move past that because, I don't know, for some reason, that will get to you and that will stifle you from moving forward. So you're so afraid yeah. of what you're not doing it's like you're avoiding yeah. everything you're doing things because you're avoiding what the bad outcome could be so you're paying tithe because you don't want to be broke so it's just like right. all of that can snowball into just constantly doing the same thing over and over and never having any results sure in in terms of the tithe concept I, I know for a while it took me a moment to read the other passage that talks about being a cheerful giver yes and God thank you more. <laughs> more about your heart and giving than the sacrifice they they, they coexist they, yeah they both need to be there yeah and i get so. that because no one talks about the cheerful giver it's just more like pay your tithe if you don't you're gonna be broke that's right. all you ever hear but no it's like right. and it, i'm always like no it's not about that like if you want to give give because you want to because you want to help out sure and if you're going there and you see utilities at the church and you're all working together like of course if you want to give by all means do that I'm not saying don't ever give to the church because that's not what I mean. But I'm just saying sure. do it because, like you said, you're a cheerful giver. You want to do this. Don't do it because mm -hmm. I am afraid to be broke. Because if you're doing things because you're afraid, then you should just stop doing it. Yeah. You shouldn't do it yeah. if you're afraid. You should do it out of love yeah. because this is what you want to do, not because I'm terrified of being broke and so I'm going to give sure. all my money. So, yeah, they, they forget yeah. the cheerful giver part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and just to 
keep moving forward with that part of my narrative so that, you know, because you said you had those influence and sometimes it's hard to break away from that influence to see who God is. And for me, and I'm pretty sure most, some people have had similar experiences in a sense of you go through a point in your life where you hit your rock bottom. Yes. Right. Where you say, I'll never get to this place. And you're like, whoa, I'm at this place. And, and for me, it, it came through the guise of emotional and mental health because I never dealt with my experiences as a child. And so it just kept bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And then it eventually bubbled over to the point where I couldn't function as a human being. Right. I had a complete emotional breakdown, complete mental breakdown. And I couldn't understand because outwardly I had everything going for me. I graduated from college. I had a great job. I was moving along well in terms of my career. I had great relationships. And then boom, I just fall apart. Right. And it, again, it was one of those moments where it was like first, but of course I didn't understand until later in life. But that moment of, well, God doesn't want you to hold on to these experiences. Your way of coping, which was burying it, gave you the opportunity to keep holding on to it because you never went through that journey of being able to release those experiences. And in order to release them, I had to talk about them. I had to find a therapist who was mature enough to deal with my issues and and help me get to a place where I wasn't self-sabotaging myself because I couldn't understand, you know, why I had so much anger towards men. I couldn't understand why I would lash out my my anger outbursts and and how come in relationships they can get so contentious and all those things where as a good christian you're supposed to be on top of things right and and instead it was my life fell apart and and in that moment that's where i began to learn about god's intimacy and crawling out of that darkness and being able to look to him for hope and answers to my wound I get that. Wow, what an amazing interview. I especially like the part when Kamira talks about how she was in school and she wrote a story and how the teacher was able to get from that story that something wasn't right and how that teacher got her the help she needed and also how that teacher talked to her about God and introduced God to her as a friend. I found that to be huge, especially at that time in her life when she didn't really know Um, God as a friend, but she just knew about him. So this was huge. And it's one of the things that I absolutely love about her stories. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited to hear what she has to say next week and about how she found God. So if you are in a situation in your life and you feel like God has forsaken you, God's not listening, you can't find him, you don't know where he is, let me just remind you, God is here. He's always listening. He's always there. Just remember that he is always there and he's near to you. God will find you. God will talk to you. God will set things in place to get you the help that you need. So I encourage you this week, no matter what you're going through, don't stop talking to God. Don't stop crying to God and talking to him because God is listening. And I guarantee God is going to answer your prayers. This week, we are blessed to have two artists of the week, and they are Robert Cooper and P. Rich. And this week, we're going to be listening to their single, Fading Memories. When I feel when I've taken you home and you're calling out my name. 
Sometimes I try it.、Uh, yeah, I back off, relinquish, and my tongue I bite it. I got more things to worry about than the things I've cited. If you wanna pick my brain, you might try things I'm writing. Okay, I'll back off. What is it really that you have in your heart? No, I can't stand y'all. Yeah, the pain and grief is all where it starts. No, I ain't packing these jeans. Just blessed by the holy true God. If you wanna see blessings, just watch how I climb the charts. Y'all talk too religious.、Uh, freedom missing, golden risen, king is risen.、Uh. Golden inches, don't need missions. Sometimes I try to fight the things inside, but the memories are where I reside. Gotta watch the things that I desire. 'Cause baby, you know that's mine. Lord is my shepherd, that I shall not want. Yeah, you lay me in pastures of fishermen with cod. Many souls at the scrolls, yeah they saw ya.、Yeah. King Jesus washing feet straight out of the bowls. Yeah, if you feeling contemplative, he already won ya.、Yeah. He been waiting on you, you ain't far away from home. Yeah, gotta watch the things that I desire. Baby, you know that my memories fade, memories fade. No contemplation, you see what I'm facing. Don't try to reason, I know God got the healing. I'ma focus on me and what Jesus be saying. Memories fade, memories fade. No contemplation, you see what I'm facing. Don't try to reason, I know God got the healing. I'ma focus on me and what Jesus be saying. For me, I felt so many times. I see now those are teaching stories. I know the sacrifices that you kept a secret for me. And when I turn my back, I recognize you weeping for me. Life is real. I never ever turn my back again. Not for sex, not for money, no, not for my friends. You find the beauty in the ugliest. I hide about my ruggedness. Back when I let my confidence, you saw in me accomplishment. That's why I give you all of this. Your heart is what my heart is in. I promise I won't all of it. The makeup of your government, you pretty, pretty guy. Know you beautifully beautiful. When I see your qualities, my mind is quite unusual. I mean, I can't complain. Better now, I'm not the same. When I picture you, you're framed. Then my memories start to fade. All has changed when I'm calling on your name. I just want the world to see your will is just who I became. My memories fade, memories fade. No contemplation, you see what I'm facing. Don't try to reason, I know God got the healing. I'ma focus on me and what Jesus be saying. Memories fade, memories fade. No contemplation, you see what I'm facing. Don't try to reason, I know God got the healing. I'ma focus on me and what Jesus be saying. Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I will also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Kamir, Robert, Cooper. P. Rich or myself, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes, and all you have to do is click on the links below, and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes, 
and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the links in the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song to the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that is all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.